internet radio station in the mother city, Radio Easter River. For more information, log on to our website, which is www.radioesterriver.co.za. At Avis Car Sales, every vehicle on our lot has been meticulously inspected, ensuring you drive away with confidence. From family-friendly SUVs to eco-efficient compacts, we have created a selection that meets every need and budget. Visit avascarsales.co.za. Do you want to take your business to the next level? Advertise with Radio Easter River by emailing us at admin at radioeasterriver.co.za. Butcher's Market offers the best quality, locally sourced and 100% halal meats. Visit our store at Sambury Square Mall. Contact us at 021-565-04-9 TPM for your halal meats. Submissions are now open for all types of South African music to be playlisted on Radio Easter Feed. The likes of Gospel. Trip and hip hop, hip hop. Then what do they make? What? Protest with bombs in the street. Who feel us out? What in the cab? Who feel? My innerste vragen. What they bereik? Ons het die genoegie as hy rit die volle dag. What they bereik? Dance hall and reggae tunes. House music. We don't mind the language. We don't mind the genre. So send us an email now to info at radioyesterriver.co.za. Title your email. Playlist me. Yes, Our station, our talent, our people. Tidang Ruggie. You do it, have a glass, let me put you in the mood it. Look cute, looking like a student, long hair with your big fat booty. Back in the days you was the girl I went to school with. Had to tell your mom or sister to cool it. The girl wanna do it, I just might do it. Get her walk with some pimp, pimp fluid. Mommy, don't worry, I won't abuse it. Hurry up and finish so you can watch clueless. I laugh at these niggas when they ask who do this, but everybody know who girl that you is.
see my baby bullshit, I get foolish. Smack a nigga that tries to pursue it. Homeboy, she taking just move it. I asked you nicely, don't make the dog lose it. We just blow drove and keep the flow moving. In a six four million baby who cruise it. Body wagging, tippy, your blue and had him hydraulic squeaking when we screwing. Now she's yelling, hollering out, snooping, hooting, hollering, hollering, hooting. Black and beautiful, you the one I'm choosing. Hair long and black and curly like a Cuban. Keep grooving, that's what we doing. And we gon' be together until your mom's moving. Got my pictures on the wall in your room, man. Girls be complaining, you keep me booming. But girls like that wanna listen to Pat Boom. Use a college girl, but that'll stop you from doing. Come and see the dog in the hood near you. When you don't ask why I roll with a crew, when twist up my fingers and wear dark blue. When on the east side, that's the crew I choose. Nothing I do is new to you. I smack up the world if they rule to you. Cause baby girl, you're so beautiful. something about you. Second and lastly, started from the bottom, 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 came up to the Barclays and over park all grassy, still ghetto, still classy. Now I'm going to the parties. 
If anyone asks me, I say I'm Benny McCarthy. Kaslan, stick it to the party. As iemand mij vrij is, ik als Benny McCarthy. Niet neem jati. Channeling maar in de binnen, ja zweer de referee zei het. Doe maar zijn push, zoek ik een eten, we know we park FaceTime binnen. While we were lamming with oogs, surrounded by OZs. A memorable moment that I never ever forgot. I must must have markers. I went to the scene of the crime on the day he was shot. I'm playing the end game. Wise and Avengers, my rapping making them marvel. Went to Bafana, then played overseas in leagues and set an example. With TKZ on Chibobo, for West Ham or Porto. He's a GOAT, check his whole approach, from the player to the coach. I'm ripping the city and taking it with me wherever I go like I'm Benny McCarthy. First, second, and lastly, started from the bottom, 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 bottom. Came up to the Barclays and over Park or Grassy. Still ghetto, still classy. Now I'm going to the parties. If anyone asks me, I say I'm Benny McCarthy. Gasla, stick it to the party. As iemand me vraagt, zeg ik als Benny McCarthy. Nickname Yati. Always wanted to rap in my accent. Salute. My potential is finally blooming. If I had hard copies of my albums, you would see how the people be cubing. They can't support you with data bundles. Can't get rich just from YouTubing. Cause I grew up with the good schooling. Silver spoonings, what you assuming? But let me take you back to the ocean view. It's just me, my grandpa, my uncle, and Oma. The elders was trafficking diamonds from Mafeking, driving a Tinder Toyota. Leading the Blackburn Rovers to be united in Barcelona. If I didn't spit vomit and Ebola, I could have played soccer in the Europa. Or trade and played in the NBA. Ain't got my own shoe like Ewing You're cruising straight for a bruising Off for the top row block and removing The commentator introducing your team And all you're hearing is booing I know which side I'm choosing Whether winning or losing I'm ripping the city and taking it with me Wherever I go like I'm Benny McCarthy Nothing coming, going past me First, second and lastly Started from the bottom, 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 bottom Came up to the Barclays And over park or grassy Still ghetto, still classy Now I'm going to the parties If anyone asks me, I say I'm Benny McCarthy Stick it to the party. As iemand me vraagt, zeg ik als Benny McCarthy. Niet neem jati. Welcome to the leading internet radio station in the Mother City. There are many ways to stream our shows. Visit us on our Facebook page, live at Radio East River. Also, visit us on our website, www.radioeastriver.co.za or download the Radio East River app, available and supported on any and all smart devices. Radio East River, die ding ruk hier. Good afternoon everyone, thank you so much for joining us here at Yen Radio yesterday. My name is Ivan Referit and this of course is from a youth perspective. Um, firstly, before we begin, allow me just to quickly um, wish you all a prosperous 2024. I do know that it's my first time here since last year. So I pray that the, the, the new year will be absolutely beautiful for you, filled with blessings and grace. Um, and yeah. It's a quite lekker year because we're going to look at a, the, the, the 30th democracy, uh, anniversary of democracy as well as an election year. So as Bieser and Dai Terma. Um, if you'd like to ask a question to us today, you can do so via WhatsApp on 064-536-9095. 064-536-9095. You can also go to our Facebook, TikTok and YouTube at Radio Eastriver. You can also go download our app, which is available at the Apple Store, Play Store and Y stores for you. There. So, um, before we give over or introduce our guest for today, I would like to quickly speak about something quite lekker. So, um, 
in the last couple of months or the last the last time I was with you, there was quite little news on the political front. So former President Jacob Zuma actually formed his own party um, called the MK Party. It's quite contentious because it also has the same name like um, the ANC's, um, what do you call it, the uh, military league. So they will probably go to court about that. Um, but you might also see that this might also take away votes from the ANC in votes that they actually need now, specifically if you're looking at what's happening with them. They're losing voters every single day because of load shedding. We just have load shedding right now where we are um, because of delivery of services, health crisis, all those nonsense. Um, so we're, quite, we're looking forward to see what will happen at the end of the election year. Thank you, Jackson. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for always accepting the invitation to be here with us today. Um, please introduce yourself to our listeners, who you are, where you come from, and what your official position are within the party as well. Thank you, uh, Devando, for having me, and good afternoon to all your listeners. Um, I am Tammy Jackson. I am a councillor in the city of Cape Town, a PR councillor. Uh, I was born and bred in Cape Town, raised in Bishop Lavis, and live in Alsis River, where I still currently um, reside. I also serve the local communities uh, in and around the Alsace River areas, such as Eitzig, Knoort, Ravensmeet, and so forth. Um, I got involved in politics at the age of 19 years old. Um, so I've been in the space for quite a while now, and I've grown a lot uh, within the space and always try to encourage other young people to do the same. Um, so yeah, I'm a PR counselor uh, in my free time enjoy the outdoors, hiking, germing, and all those other things. Um, and then also just speaking yeah. to other young people like yourself. Um, firstly, looking at, like, you're still very young yourself, so what do you say, how do people accept you or older than you within the political space itself? So I think historically, uh, young people have not really taken up much space within the mm. political dean arena and i think within the case of south africa especially uh where if you look at the representation of young people within our legislatures and parliament it's almost non-existent but i think over the last five years there has in fact been a lot mm. of improvement and that may be an unpopular opinion uh, but i think that the numbers uh, show us that things are a bit more representative of the youth as compared to five ten years mm. ago um, how do people within the political arena perceive the youth? Well, it depends on the person involved, quite frankly. Some people are a bit more welcoming of young uh, people in the space, especially if you come with good ideas and solutions and you're not just there for the sake of having a seat at the table. Mm. And I often feel like young people, not all, but some may have a sense of entitlement to be there by virtue of being young. But if you are going to occupy a space in politics, uh, then you need to actually come with good ideas and solutions and bring something to the table. Mm. So how are young people perceived? Well, it depends on the person involved. What makes a DA different compared to any other mainstream political party out today? Because, like, first of all, I've had countless parties on this platform, and everyone says the same thing, we want to change South Africa. And I ask, but how? Because the ANC says this, for 30 years they've said it, and nothing happened. Um, Amaposa spoke recently over the weekend um, on the January 8th statement. He said the very same thing. We must now stop crime. We must now stop corruption. But they have 30 years. So what made you different compared to any other party 
our day to day. So yes, of course, every political party claims to want the best for mm. their country and their community, right? The difference between political parties is the how. How are you going to achieve that change and difference that you claim you want to make? And for that, we look to their manifestos, their policies, and their ideological positions on issues. So where do they stand on issues like crime? Mm. Uh, where do they stand on issues like load shedding, for example? Where do they stand on issues uh, like healthcare or tertiary education, for example? And I, at the age of 19, decided that the DA was the party I was going to join because the values and principles of the party aligned to my own personal values and principles. And when I read the manifesto at the time, during the then leader, I realized that this is a party that actually puts solutions forward, doesn't throw empty slogans around, you know, white monopoly capital must fall, raise this, that raise that. This is the solution to this issue. Mm. They set it out, you read it, and you realize, actually, this makes sense, it's practical, it's doable, this is the party that I'm going to support. So you need to look at their policy positions and their ideology. Mm. Uh, and if it aligns to you, that's basically how you know whether you know this party is the right or wrong one. I do know you're not in Parliament, but Parliament last year passed the NHI bill, which yes. seeks to make, in the ANC's view, to make uh, healthcare accessible to all South Africans. My issue that I had in the beginning of this bill was that currently our hospital doesn't even function properly right now without NHI. Um, if you go to the hospital, like my, my grandma lives here to go to the hospital to get the medication. She must wait for how many hours? Six hours to get a paki pala year, and it for Wobblut. Mm. Like, there's no fear of Wobblut to buy Wobblut, but say it. What's your view on the NHI bill currently? Um, so I think you actually just answered the question, right? It's self evident. Mm. So obviously, ideally, the NHI bill seeks to create. Um, this healthcare system exclusively run by the state. There'll be no such thing as medical mm. aid left. Mm. Everyone is under one state-controlled uh, healthcare system, essentially. And um, I think in any ideal world, we would all want equal access to healthcare. Yes. But we don't live in an ideal world, mm. which is why the NHI bill is so problematic in its current form. And I think you've answered part of the question yourself when you said that the current public healthcare sector in South Africa is already dysfunctional. Um, if you look at local day hospitals and you see how overly crowded and overly populated they are, people are not being serviced adequately. Sorry, councillor, I need issues. You're not, I'm not speaking to you as a councillor right now. Yes. So the city also runs hospitals, right? Clinic. No, clinics. not hospitals, clinics, clinics. yes. But the city builds houses without adequate delivery of that, or also incorporating hospitals, schools, all those types. So don't you think you're also part of the problem then? So look, um, obviously you would want your communities to be fully integrated. Mm. You want your businesses, your malls, your libraries, your hospitals, everything to be sort of integrated with one another to give people better access to these things. So I think that if you look at a lot of communities, like Elsie's River, for example, mm. um, where I am a PR counsellor, we've already tried to achieve that. We, we have a social housing unit called Leo Muse in Leonsdale. Right opposite that is the city of Cape Town Library. Right next to that is the baby clinic. Mm. And right next to that is the hall where we have our events. 
So obviously that is something that we would want in every other community, but achieving this everywhere obviously takes some time. So I do think to some degree we've been able to do that, and I'm just speaking from the area where I am a counsellor, where we've already done that. Mm. Do you think that the DA is a valid alternative or a reliable alternative to the ANC and other political parties, and why, once again? So I think the DA has been in opposition for the last 10, 15 years. And obviously, the job of an opposition party is to hold the governing party accountable, mm. right? So the ANC is in government, they do the work in the various departments of government, and we have to scrutinize them uh, and do monitoring and oversight. But I think over the last 30 years, South Africa um, has not grown as much as we would like it uh, to grow. Um, there's massive levels of unemployment, youth unemployment in particular. There's not a lot of work and job opportunities mm. for people. And I think that there's just a whole lot of lawlessness within the country at the moment. And we have not experienced a South Africa under a different political party as young people. I'm not talking about people who mm. lived under apartheid. We never lived under apartheid. So the only party that we know ANC. as the government is the ANC. So the only way that we will ultimately know and be able to measure p different political parties um, and how they govern is if we actually give another party a chance. And I think that in terms of the Western Cape government, where the DA has been in power since 2009, they've been able to do relatively well compared to other political parties in other provinces. Mm -hmm. And the numbers show us that. Highest creation of jobs uh, in the last financial year. Of all the jobs that were created in South Africa within the last quarter of 2022, 95% of those new jobs came from the Western Cape. Um, we've been able to prove that in the healthcare sector, for example, Grootteskjö Hospital and Tigerberg Hospital, for all the criticism about them, is one of the best-run state hospitals in the entire country. We also know this when we look at our schools, for example. Highest number of schools being built in the country is all in the Western Cape. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there's a lot of other things that we can improve on, okay. but I also think that people need to be fair in that we get our budgets provincially from who? From the, the national government. government. On the so issue of schools, I'm counselor again now, counselor now again. Every single year we have an issue where students, um, or learners rather, don't find placement in schools. I read in the news the other day that some parents live opposite the gate of the school and the child can never go there because another child goes there. And when the, 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 the auntie complained in the newspaper, then the department phoned and listening, we have a space for your child now. So what is the department doing or the DA then doing to improve that? I do know the minister's currently busy with working schools, but is it enough um, for the current problems that we face within the provincial department of education itself? I think that the demand in the Western Cape is ever increasing. Mm. Um, and whether or not there's ever going to be, well, let me put it in this way. I do not believe that at the rate at which the province is growing, the government will always be able to build schools fast enough to keep up with the demand. Mm. That's the same issue with housing, quite frankly. Um, so I am aware of those issues that exist in terms of school placements, but I'm also aware of the fact that applications usually start a year in advance, 
And sometimes our people don't always want to admit that they either jumped the gun way too late in terms of applying for their children. Um, so I don't know about these cases on a sort of yeah. the different merits of these cases. Um, but I do know that the provincial minister has an open door policy um, where they deal with this on a case by case basis. But as a counselor, um, that's not really our competency. So you wouldn't know. The DA itself wants to have more power from national government in terms of railway, in terms of um, what's other thing you want, electricity as well, releasing powers as well. I spoke to the ANC um, member of parliament, um, can we call his name right now? Spokesman of, of, of the ANC in the Western Cape, and he said that the, the DA is failing in education. So what, why won't they fail within those three um, services? What's your view on it? And why do you want to have those competencies at the provincial level as well? So the constitution of the country does make provision for provincial self-determination. Mm -hmm. What that essentially means is that if a province believes that they can fulfill certain responsibilities and functions um, that the national government uh, is in charge of, uh, and they are competent enough, are financially uh, uh, stable, um, then they can get the go-ahead from the relevant national minister and the president. Uh, in terms of the provincial competencies that the DA speaks of in its devolution bill currently in front of the legislature, they essentially want more powers, um, policing powers, and they want to devolve rail. Why is that so? The South African Police Service is currently only uh, run by the national government, mm. uh, and the minister, Becky Kele, is the custodian thereof, right? Becky. And we all know the issues within the Western Cape mm. regarding the high murder rate mm. and crime rate within many of our communities. Now, we have been in charge in the Western Cape since 2009. And people often place the blame or the failure of SAPS at the DA's feet, despite the fact that we have absolutely no control over the South African Police Service. And we've been saying since the time, since Helen Ziller was the premier of the Western Cape, we've been asking the national government to give us control mm. of policing so that we can establish our own and fix it to service our communities. Same with rail devolution. Um, passenger rail journeys uh, were about just over 30 million um, before, COVID. before COVID. Guess how much rail journeys there are currently right now? About 3 million which means more people are reliant on the taxi industry, mm. private transportation, Ubers, etc., which are significantly expensive. Not, you know, they are not uh, connected to their places of work. It's not cheaper. There's a whole lot of environmental issues that also comes with a rail service that's not working. It all has a tickle-down effect. So the DA is obviously asking for us to be given those powers so that we can be able to govern better in this province and also fight in the interest of the people who want a functioning South African police service and want a functioning rail transportation system as well. The final question on the policing, why do you think the ANC is reluctant to give you that power itself? Look, I can only speculate on it uh, and give my own subjective opinion, quite frankly. Uh, I think it's politics. Um, the DA uh, does relatively well in... Uh, certain areas which fall within their competency uh, and 
perhaps the ANC is fearful that if the DA does in fact improve the state of the South African police service, not only will they have less power at a national level, but it may in fact um, gain the approval of people on the ground who experience a better police service. So I can only speculate on it, um, but that is my own subjective opinion. This is my final question on this, on this safety issue. The province has LEAP, right? Yes. The city has law enforcement and metropolis, but it's also not doing enough. Like in the, and those are two different different things to SAPs. Exactly. But in terms of safety, the city of... Yes, where we are currently is a red zone area, but we don't even have a satellite station of Metropolis or whoever must come here to provide that service. So don't you think that's also an indictment on you as a DA in terms of your failure to also provide in safety for your residents? So law enforcement historically only existed um, to oversee... Um, bylaws. Bylaws, yeah. So if someone is doing petty crime on a street corner or on a pavement, then that would be their responsibility to hand out the fine and look at those things. But over the years, because of the failure of the South African Police Service, municipalities has now had to get their hands dirty and mm. fight crime. Even though crime fighting is the sole responsibility mm-hmm. of the South African Police Service. And people don't always want to hear that because the question is always, what are you doing? Mm. Um so I think that in terms of your local community, for example, um, LEAP, you will only are more active in the top 11 priority areas within the Western Cape. And that list is based on the national crime stats that are read out by Becky Trele every year, which I'm sure you're aware of mm. by now. And because we believe in evidence-based decision-making, especially in terms of uh, the Premier Safety Plan, resource allocation is done according to that list. Um, on the issue now, once again, going back to transport, my city. Final question, then we're going to move on to other topics now. Um, my city has not come to the spot of Easterfee or Cape Town at all. Um, we see that in certain parts and where they are, we see the, um, people um, burning the things down, destroying public property. But why isn't the city also considering bringing my city to the side of Cape Town? Or are we not that fancy enough for my city? My city exists in Kailiche. It exists in Mitchell's Plain. It exists across Molniton. Ideally, if we wanted to expand my city across mm. the Cape Metro, I think that the municipality would do that in a heartbeat. But why not? But obviously... Well, I mean, you'd have to consider other modes of transport in the area as well and how that affects them. Um, so there's different, you know, decisions are made uh, based on need and how many people there are in a particular area and therefore we decide um, where it needs to be allocated first. So obviously Mitchell's Plain is a massive community along with Kailicha. So people often ask, well, why did they get my city and we didn't? Well, it all it's, you know, ideally if we wanted to give everyone a my city bus service, then... Why I'm asking because in Blackheath, just here, after Ozeis, there's like a whole my city bus station where they make the buses. So why not? Uh, I think also people of this area also pay rates in Texas. So uh, we also started to get taxis from here to the city. 
And the entire idea behind my city was to provide connectivity to the city. But yeah, let's move on to um, the next topic. Yeah, I, look, I think that your concerns are valid. Um, and I also know that at this moment, there are a lot of upgrades and new areas being added to that list. Um, it's just a matter of Easter River uh, getting its turn to get its own MySity mm-hmm. route as well. Um, so hopefully in the future, that would be possible. Hopefully. Let's continue to um, the next topic now about coalition governments. So we're going to speak now with Temi, now not with the council again. So last year we heard your party leader, John Cena, is announcing they're going to start a multi-party or the moonshot, a moonshot back, back then, and then change the name to the multi-party charter. Um, what is this all about and why did you start the charter itself? So for the first time in the history of, of democratic South Africa, the polls, multiple polls in fact, show us that the ANC will get less than 50% mm. of the vote. Now, of course, post-apartheid, uh, we've lived, even though we are technically a democracy, uh, under ANC rule, it has always felt like a one-party state, given the sheer amount of support that the ANC had mm. from a number of uh, communities across the country, black, white, coloured, whatever. And for the first time now, they could lose power at a national level and likely in other provinces like KZN and Gauteng, for example. And the DA then said, well, because we currently are at 22-23% of the vote, it would be... It would be groundbreaking if we formed coalitions and partnerships with other parties in order to make up a a new 50% majority Mm. that will overthrow the current ANC government. Um, So that is fundamentally why the multi-party charter was started. South Africa, if we had to be under ANC rule at a national level for another five years, we know that things in the country will get worse. So this election is the last chance for South Africa to actually go out and vote and form a brand new government with new political parties. We need to give other parties a chance or else we won't know what they are able to do for us as a country. So the multi-party charter was then started on that basis uh, that the ANC will ultimately lose power this Mm. year. So the ACDP joined the coalition last year what are other parties that you're looking at, if you know, um, which you're also looking at to join the charter itself? So I do know that the parties currently part of the multi-party charter, some of them being the ACDP, mm. um, Action SA. Yeah. from um, SMP and... The Freedom Sanfo. Front Plus and a few other mm. uh, smaller beauty... UDM U- as well, And a few other smaller parties as well. Um, I do suspect that there will most likely be more parties joining the multi-party charter as the election draws closer. Also because if you look at the current national and provincial ballot, it's incredibly long, of which... 300 parties. Exactly, of which 80% or 90% of those parties nobody knows about. Mm. You know, they just have money to register and put themselves on the ballot, but... You know, people need to make a conscious decision to instead choose parties with a proven track record. Um, Because a lot of these smaller parties ultimately 
do end up shedding a lot of votes that could have been more useful to bigger opposition parties. Mm. Looking at um, the current charter, do you think that you will be able to unseat the ANC? Because although some people say that they will go below 50, I don't think so. The support is still rather great in many parts of Africa. Specifically, they're by domains, but anyway, they still have a great support. So what do you think will be your biggest strategy to get that 50%? But also because many of the parties don't even have a seat in parliament or even council. So how will you get that 50 plus 1%? So obviously as the DA, our strongest, um, we've always been strong in bringing out our registered voters within our respective communities. So we're focusing on bringing out people who are DA positive and are registered to vote mm. and making sure that we out-register every other political mm. party. Because remember, if you're not registered, you can't One vote, vote yeah. right? Um, so that is the first thing. Secondly, um, yes, it is true that the ANC is still strong in many other parts of the country, but we also want to focus on a lot of the metropolitan areas where the DA support is strong um, and where we are also able to fix things related to service delivery issues and thus create more jobs for people. Uh, those are in areas like KZN and Gauteng, for example. But there also is the danger of the ANC still staying in power despite getting less than 50% mm. of that vote. And that all boils down to the possibility of them forming a coalition with parties like the EFF, uh, the Patriotic Alliance, and the Good Party if they even end up getting another seat in Parliament. Um, so people also need to be very mindful of the coalition politics that are at play because it's no more, we're no longer living in an era where mm. there's one party dominance alone. Coalitions are going to be the future of South yeah. Africa. On the issue of coalitions, you spoke earlier of a about a bill that the DA wants to propose in Parliament. Yes. Can you talk a bit more about that, please, to tell our listeners what is this all about? So, um, the chief whip of the DA, Saviwe Kwahube, uh, has submitted a bill to Parliament, which essentially speaks to stabilizing coalitions mm. in municipal councils and also. Um, one of the intentions of the bill is to limit the amount of motions of no confidence that another political party can place in an individual. Now, to anyone who's been following politics for a while or may not be aware of this, in South Africa at the moment, there are multiple councils which are currently run um, coalitions. With, as, as coalition mm -hmm. governments. And the problem that we face in that is that mayors and mayoral committees, and people with critical positions and roles within the municipality are often changed every other week or two because someone was unhappy mm. that you said something and now I'm going to submit the motion of no confidence in you because I can. Um, and it's, uh, it's gotten to a point where it has led to a lot of instability within municipalities and municipal councils and has affected the governance within that municipality and thus trickle down to communities in terms of services not being delivered to people. And we see that uh, in the collapse of the city of Johannesburg, yeah. where you will not even find robots working in an entire part of the city. People are without water at the moment. In Etiquini, for example, um, not Etiquini, uh, um, Ekuruleni, for example, uh, 
um, there's looting happening unabated in the municipality under a coalition. So the reason why the bill was introduced was to almost, um, you know, compel political parties who enter into a coalition um, to sign coalition agreements with one another, which is legally binding. That way, there won't be a chopping and changing of political leadership every two weeks or so, which is very detrimental yeah. um, to, to governance as a whole. Do you have any support for this bill at, at the national level? So do you think ANC, EFF will be able to support you to get that majority, um, two to three percent that you need to get a vote passed? No. Or a bill passed? No. So they won't support it? No. Okay. Politics is a numbers game. Mm. It's a numbers game. And um, the ANC and the EFF are the biggest beneficiaries of unstable coalitions at the moment. So everywhere where the looting is happening, where the services are not being delivered, there's a common denominator in all of those councils, and that is that it's being done by the mm. same parties. Gaita McKinney said that you are talking with the ANC to form a coalition. Is that true? Not that I'm aware of. The multi-party charter exists precisely because we mm. are in partnership with will, other parties. Will you be able to form, or will you form a coalition with the ANC? Do you think people are fed up and really hard for the ANC? No. We won't form a coalition with them, and the party has been very clear on that. Okay. We're going to take a short break, guys, and we'll come back. Um, we're going to continue the discussions around NASFAS and, of course, the delivery of services within the city of Cape Town. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Looking for a new home? Are you looking for a brand new home at affordable price? Consider Center Blue, a new development in the heart of Blue Downs, with value for money, pricing, and located in a peaceful environment. Central Blue offers families a safe and high-quality lifestyle at affordable prices. You can choose from freestanding homes, townhouses, duplexes, and apartments. Get on board and live the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Contact us today. Visit our website, centralblue.co.za, call us at 087-096-0962 or send us an email at sales at centralblue.co.za for more information. She 
ask me, Junior, do you like it when I cry? Huh? Do you consider my feelings when you lie? Huh? You put me second to something on the side? What? You just gon' let a ride or die, die inside? Damn. You forget I was with you before the racks came. Before these skanks came. Before the plaques came. Before you started getting money and your raps changed. I was with you when you were still thinking about changing your rap name. Say something now. Are you choking? Baby, I'm sorry. Are you joking? So much for convincing me to be open I don't know why I bother with you when you clearly chose it This music over me, it owns all your emotions And you really have to give it your undivided devotion But somehow my heart feels safer when you hold it Like you're not the one that broke it End up falling for you I found myself Telling me you hurt and focus more on your studies I'm not ignoring you, trust me I'm always busy with something You called too late or too early I couldn't talk, I was grumpy you couldn't talk, you were grumpy We're supposed to be Junior, you told her you don't love me She post about it, you dummy All I ever did was love you I don't deserve to be punished I cut off all my friends for you What more do you want from me? You cheated too That was so long What am I doing? We dated long That ago. makes it cool I said I'm sorry We all doing all alone Huh? Guess I've always been a dummy That day you'd lie to me And say you told him you love me know what? I should have known you were hiding something. You laughed at everything he said. That wasn't even funny. You made me feel so insecure and weak as But I'm not sending you away, so you gon' have to run for me, cause I still love you. End up falling for you. I find myself calling for you. Into the dark, I followed you, but I should this ain't the time that I go through Okay, um, welcome back. I do hope you enjoyed that music break right there. Um, okay, so before the break, we spoke about coalition governments as well as the DA policies or politics as well. I want to focus right now on the NASFAS debacle. So um, we were, okay, one day I woke up and then I saw the news that there's a whole release of um, document and voice recordings of Minister of Higher Education Blenheims Monday um, by Outer. Uh, what's your view on that um, specific incident? Uh, 
Yeah, so um, obviously uh, we found out about two weeks ago or so that there was a leaked recording, an investigation into NASFIS and one of the service providers mm. um, who is responsible for administering payments uh, to NASFIS students. Um, and the allegation that the minister and a number of individuals around him uh, are receiving kickbacks or payments, mm. uh, as they're called, illegally. Um, so, in a nutshell, uh, the issue essentially is that there is an alleged criminal syndicate within NASFIS itself uh, that is using money that is uh, basically needs to go to students uh, for corrupt purposes mm. and to fund certain individuals within government and the South African Communist Party, of which mm. played in Zimande, uh, chairperson of. Um, and obviously, um, we know the issues in South Africa's higher education system at the moment. Uh, NASFIS uh, is completely failing students. Their budget is now being cut by more than 1.1 billion rand. Mm. That is not a drop in the ocean. That is a massive budget. Uh, and that would approximately affect about 87,000 or more students who will not be able to get funding uh, to either continue their studies or um, start a new a career within higher education. And so that is, of course, worrisome, but besides the corruption aspect of it all. Like, let's put that aside for one moment and think about what this may possibly trigger mm. in the next few weeks in this country. There could be a possibility of being student protest. Again. Similar to what happened during the, the Rose Must Fall yeah. era, which is followed by the Fees Must Fall era. And we know that history has a tendency of mm. repeating itself, right? And what happened during that time? Massive instability with on campuses, there were numerous shutdowns, students were being arrested, Lectures were being ended, just all around violence and chaos mm. all over because of the government's failure to adequately provide uh, students with the resources that they need in order to make their study careers a success. The DA wanted to propose or proposed a new f sort of funding module to the model. minister. Uh, model, sorry. So can you explain to us what that entails, or if you are aware of that? So yes, I am aware of it. Um, it's similar to our, the position we took back in 2018, 2017, mm. when I first got involved uh, in student politics. And um, essentially our position on this is that when a lot of the sort of socially um, or socialist inclined individuals were asking for free education for all, as the DOE said that there should be a three a sort of it should be a different model that is aimed at providing free education for people who come from poor households mm. within South Africa, and that would obviously be uh, within a certain threshold, depending on how much income there is per household. We propose that there has to be free education for uh, matriculants and students who come from a certain socioeconomic background, and that the rich has to pay for their education. Mm. Um, so that's, uh, I mean, obviously you can look at the full policy on the DA's website, but ultimately that is what uh, we proposed. Um, and at the time, I remember that Jacob Zuma had just ended uh, his presidency 
and um, he was the one who made a commitment yeah, and promised free education yeah. for all. And up until this day, that has not really materialized. Because you South can't Africa. afford it. Also, it's you can't. Af- we can't afford it because ultimately, who's going to fund that? Mm. It's going to be your taxpayer. But also, don't you do think that. we should rather work on a? You get the allowance, but you almost must pay back a percentage of that so that the next person can also be funded to that. Because like what's happening now, like people get you pay the fund to them, and there's no com- money coming back to NASFA. So it's basically only a waste, and they will always make a, a loss at the end of the day. Yeah, so in economics, they have they have this sort of uh, phrase that people always used, and it's, it basically says there's no such thing as a free lunch. Mm. That money always has to come from somewhere. And in the case of the state or the government, that essentially comes from Dixon. the taxpayer, um, who at some point is going to get frustrated because they're not getting the bang for their buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, And there are many students also within uh, the higher education space who don't believe that they owe the country a cent, despite getting three to four years of free tuition uh, via NASFIS Mm. and other sources. So I do think that that is a debate that's actually worth having, quite frankly. But as things stand right now, uh, NASFIS pretty much administers all those processes and with this damning allegation and report that was released recently, I'm pleased that the DA will be taking action. Or action was the the sort of um, complaint was laid against him against Nzamande, uh, and they are look, looking to declare the NASFIS board delinquent. Mm. Essentially, when we I was in college still, um, SRC member when they announced the service providers. And the first question I asked, why don't we appoint already established banks to deliver these funds? We were part of Safetsa. They are now almost like the mother body of all SRCs in the TV sector. And they said, but we're only but a small majority, so we can't tell them what to do because they're our leaders. And when we started the process in January of, 20, of last year, um, we, we already had problems because people can't, couldn't uh, uh, log in and uh, register themselves on the Morocco system itself. Um, and it's still an issue. I think people are waiting for the money now since 2021 mm. um, academic year. So NASFAS has always been a massive problem. Yeah, but, but also the exorbitant fees that were introduced last year, every time a student has to swipe yeah. his or her card mm. um, to make a purchase. But if you have a card. If you have one, mm. exactly. Um, so there's a lot of problems within uh, the NASFA sector, and obviously with those bank charges, you have to ask yourself, to who is the money they're but going why must to? we pay bank charges? And why charges? do you have to pay it in the first place? So obviously someone is benefiting from because that. Because like EPSA and FNB gives free student cards and yes. accounts, so why not use them because they're existing and you know them? And Morocco is not even a service provider, a financial service provider. They're not they're registered not, with that. And they have no proven track record of they have none. providing those services. One of our students actually the IT class, they actually went and they checked the entire system of Morocco. And Morocco basically copied another bank systems. That's what they did. And that's how incompetent the idiots are there. But yeah. Pretty much. Um, the minister also announced yesterday a 3.8 billion rent middle, missing middle fund. What's your view of that? So missing middle, missing middle students, it's, it's a term that we also often use within the DA. And the missing middle students in my opinions, are the ones that are almost always overlooked Mm. and excluded in some way. Even taxpayers as well. Yeah, and and that boils down to the fact that everyone always puts an emphasis 
on those who cannot afford and the poor students. Mm. Not realizing that in South Africa, the middle class is really struggling yeah. to keep up with daily expenses. Mm. And on top of that, trying to pay for your child's tertiary education fees as well. So if there is, in fact, a fund that is going to be established to help the missing, what they refer to as the missing middle, then that is something that I would wholeheartedly welcome. But I haven't studied the content of mm. that yet. So it's only a matter of time before we see whether it's successful or not. Do you think that ANC is using this as a means of funding their political campaign for this national election coming up? Because they were... They were they had no money last year, and then all of a sudden in January, but maybe God blessed them over the Christmas. Yeah, I wouldn't know. They had all the money coming into January. So, do you think them they're using some sort of, uh, you know, background to get money into their own party? So the ANC, as things stand right now, is bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, you know are. that they couldn't. They could not even afford to pay their website mm, service provider, mm. and that resulted in the website being shut down. Mm. Um, so yes, it has always been the ANC's strategy and the sort of main income stream to get their tentacles within different levers of the state mm. in order to extract money in different ways and then funnel it back to the party. So we know that because it's a strategy that they've been using. So with every state-owned institution, with every um, uh, institution like NASFIS, for example, or PROSO, Transnet, mm. or ESCOM, the biggest criminal cartel for the ANC. They've been doing that. So mm. we know that it is existing at the moment. Um, it's also why, to those who are interested in political party funding and how parties get their money and so forth, um, that is all on the ANC's website, but you'll never see the ANC declared all the stolen money that they get from the state. On the issue of political funding reporting, the EFF never reported they got any money. Uh, do you think they're very poor as a party or what's happening there? They're not poor as a party. Um, they have money um, and we know that because we see all the big birthday bashes that mm. they use to bus people into Joburg and Orlando Stadium and all of those things. Events like that cost tens of millions of rands. Um, and uh, it takes a lot of effort and manpower to pull something like that off. Um, so there's no way that anyone can say that the EFF is poor. Uh, what we do know is that previously the EFF was funded by uh, an illicit uh, mm. cigarette smuggler, smuggler slash businessman. Um, it could possibly be the reason why the EFF is also not declaring anything to the ANC at the moment. I mean, not the ANC, sorry, the IEC at the moment. Uh, but it's a very interesting question to ask. So. Tatum... Hendricks asked, don't we have enough taxes already? I think that's on the My City issue. Mm. And then Bell J asked, Tammy, why don't you start your own party? Maybe you can solve all our problems. Um, <laughs> so on the, on the taxi issue, I don't think that the taxi industry is of the opinion that they are enough. Mm. Uh, they'll never be enough anyway. Um, I think that life is increasingly becoming more expensive for a lot of people. And what South Africans need is more affordable transportation mm. that is not exploiting them in the way that the taxi industry does. And that we know what our experiences on taxis are like. It's not pleasant. Mm. Okay? Uh, so we need more dignified forms of transportation in the country. Um, and that's going to take a long time to achieve, I think. 
Um, and it's also quite expensive to establish uh, my cities in every part of the city. So hopefully, um, you know, East River and other local communities will be earmarked for my city services. I personally hope so, but it's only a matter of time. Um, and then on the second question... <laughs> Let me be spoiled, that question is fine. Um, no, I w- I'm happy with, with where I am, quite frankly. The next topic we're going to discuss is basically service delivery within the city of Cape Town. But first, I want to ask you this question. Over the weekend, I think it was last week, um, people in, in Burka painted a, a Palestinian flag and the city of Cape Town came and they somehow painted over it, that thing. Um, people on social media was of the view that the DA is fast to paint over Palestinian flags, uh, or which they don't agree with, than compared to gangster graffiti of 28, 27s on our walls. So what's your view of that? Yeah, so when anyone wants to paint a mural, piece of artwork, a huge flag on property that is owned by the city of Cape Town mm. and is not private property, then you have to make an application with the municipality to do that. Um, in the areas where I previously worked, people made application to do artwork, and it was usually approved. Um, I think in that particular case, there were a group of residents who complained about it. No application was made. Um, so it was not only there was on the DA, but there are residents living in the area they complained, and not of the DA itself. Yes, exactly. Okay. And sometimes I think we often forget that people have diverse opinions mm. on the same issues. Yeah. Not everyone is pro-Israel. Not mm. everyone is pro-Palestine. Not everyone is pro-Ukraine, for example, or whatever the case may be. So if you are in a shared space with other individuals in public, you also need to consider how are they going to feel mm. about something. But in terms of that particular issue, uh, no application was made. As far as I know, there was an engagement between the artist community and the councillor. Um, and I think they came to an amicable agreement about what the process is moving forward, but it's still there at the moment. They went and to paint another one over the one it was painted over by the city. Um, yeah, that for me is just lawlessness, quite frankly. Do you think that in South Africa, the left considers himself having more power than liberal, centrist or right-wing Individuals. No, I just think that the left are loud. So they're loud. Basically, the That's same like in, a, they, in the they USA make, themselves. Yeah, they make a noise. They're loud. Um, they often make racially motivated slurs. Um, you know, have all these radical positions on issues that they think will have no consequences mm. in society. I think that they are just loud. And in my experience. Uh, I'm always surprised by the amount of rational, centrist individuals who are able to differentiate between extremism and everything else. But the issue with our country as well is people are not educated enough in terms of politics to understand the different policies. Like I think you mentioned something earlier, that people must go and read the manifestos of parties. People yes. don't do that. People don't do that. They just go and vote because they like Malema or they like Gaitan or they like Fadi Ennis because they're yes. Ras and his career. And they go vote for that guy. They don't know what the party actually stands for. Like, I think the PA, I was looking for the PS manifesto. I can't find it anywhere. Even on their own, okay, their website don't work, actually. So it's quite a struggle to actually identify what the party stands for without a manifesto, without documents pertaining to them. So education is quite important in terms of that. Um, 
gangsterism crime in the city of Cape Town. I think we spoke about it earlier on as well. The city spent a billion rand this year on fighting crime. But the city isn't any safer than it was a year ago. What's, what is the view, what is the vision of the mayor in terms of safety for the city? Yeah, so like I said earlier on, um, obviously we focus on areas where our leave deployments are happening. That's in the top 11 crime hotspot areas, which is based on the national statistics mm. that we get from the national minister, which he reads out every year. And I do know that about two years ago, when the crime stats uh, came out, um, there were about three, three leap areas in the city of Cape Town where crime decreased mm. dramatically. Mm. One of those, two of those areas of the three that I recall is... Um, Cooks, I think. Google to. I think it was Google I know Philippi was one of them. Mm. And then there was Cryfontaine as well. Um, And I think that that in and of itself is testament to the fact that if we, as a city of Cape Town, could have control over the South African police service, there's a lot more that we can do in terms of safety. I think there's a long way to go if you really want to address the safety issue in Cape Town. Because crime doesn't just start with stabbing someone or shooting someone. It's socioeconomic it's, conditions. It's socioeconomic conditions. When someone grows up in a household where um, there's maybe no father figure, there's no mother providing, parents are on drugs, mm. um, that's what they grow up with and they know. You walk outside of your home, there's gangsters on the corner, your friend is trying to peer mm. pressure you into joining something, you go to your school there's more problems there. So it's not like, you know, crime exists because it just came out of nowhere. There's a series of events that leads to someone committing so this type of act. So what's so the city doing, sorry, for um, implementing or for providing socioeconomic programs? Yeah, so our community services um, and health directorate um, has a number of interventions mm. Uh, that they use to get individuals involved, whether it's from the Strengthening Families program, where we essentially provide um, uh, workshops and therapy and social support to families that are struggling, um, and parents that are struggling with their children. There's a program like that currently running. Uh, we have what we call Women for Change, where they take unemployment women, unemployed women sorry, uh, in communities to go out to schools um, to workshops and speak to children about drugs, um, teenage pregnancy, uh, finishing school, things like that. Um, and then there are obviously other programs as well, like um, teaching kids how to swim, mm. after-school programs. Um, they all range from a number of things. It also depends, I suppose, on the area, because many ward counsellors um, would put money specifically aside for this if they realize, oh, wow, teenage pregnancy is quite high in my area. I'm going to take a portion of my ward allocation uh, towards that. So I do know that there's a lot of interventions currently um, and a lot of initiatives, even being led by community-based organizations who either use private funding or funding mm -hmm. from the city as well. But at the end of the day, I, I must say that it also boils down to the individual, exactly. quite frankly. It boils yeah. down to the individual and the family um, because all the help and resources can be there. But at the end of the day, 
the state can only help you to a certain extent. You need to help yourself as well. Um, okay. On the issue now of, of load shedding, um, I do know Lucetti is doing everything in their power to get us off ESCOM, but only certain parts of the city are now with the city itself. Um, is there plans to ensure that all Cape Town residents are incorporated within the city electricity directorate? Ideally, that is what we would want, of course. I know that the mayor's done countless of interviews on this issue. Residents often ask, oh, but why is this community right across the railway line from us um, not load shedding when the rest of us are on level two? Well, it's because they're in a city-supplied area and the one area is an ESCOM-supplied area. And those things were determined determined years ago when ward demarcations were first established. Um, so ideally, we would love the whole metro, the whole of the city, to be under the city's energy directorate. Mm. And I know that when Andre Director, before he left ESCOM as a CEO, they were in regular talks with the city of Cape Town to see how exactly are we going to achieve this and where do we start with the handover process because mm. obviously that also takes very, very long. Um, as things stand right now, I don't know if ESCOM thinks it's in their interest to give the city ESCOM areas because that could possibly also result in them losing revenue. So, and also a few other issues alongside with that. So ideally that is what we would like to achieve. Um, last topic for discussion now. We're going to the, we're in an election yet this year, very important election like you mentioned earlier on. But first I want to speak to you about Cape Independence. Um, I, I spoke to Mr. Craig, he was on my show, I think it was a second guest on my show last year. And he said he had a meeting with the DA. You made an agreement that, you, that they will, um, they will in provincial parliament, pass a bill for a referendum. Mm. That never materialized. He basically said you stabbed them in the back, right? He went and he started his own party last year somewhere. Um, so what's your view as a party of Cape Independence? So... The whole Cape Independence topic only really came to the fore um, because the Western Cape is very successful without the ANC. If the ANC didn't exist in South Africa, I don't think Cape Independence would ever be mm. a conversation that we're having right now. And that's because we're looking to separate ourselves from ANC governance failures uh, before they gain popularity either in the Western Cape or through their various proxies like mm. other smaller parties. So I think that the sort of basis for Cape independence and the whole discussion happening in the first place is understandable. I can sympathize with the sentiments behind mm. it and why people are afraid. Um, it's it's, it's a, an issue that is solely based on fear, quite frankly, and I understand that. Um, but in terms of whether or not it's something that would actually happen in our lifetime, I doubt. Because it's not like any of the bigger political parties support the idea. And well, like I mentioned Fred earlier on, plus does. they do, but they're one party um, with a few seats in parliament. Um, not more than 20 at mm. least. Um, so I, I don't know whether that would ever become a reality in South Africa. Um, because the DA itself is not in support of, of Cape Independence. We instead um, 
tabled a different bill called the devolution mm. bill in the legislature, mm. uh, which uh, seeks to um, give provinces more power to take over rail and policing, but while still being part of South Africa. But that bill is also quite controversial because the only legal person of parliament said the bill doesn't sound very constitutional. Um, but still the DA forcible to the majority to go to public participation. Mm. So um, isn't the DA now doing the same that the ANC did in Parliament? Look, we'll have to see what the process of public participation is, quite frankly. Um, and I think, look, the whole idea of the bill is to give provinces more power over certain issues that mm. the national government currently uh, controls. And we spoke about this earlier mm. on, policing etc because if we don't take over from we, if we don't take those services over it may be too late five to ten years from now so we'll have to see what the outcome of the public participation is i'm not following that too closely mm. but i will most likely um take a keen interest after that mm. that process is concluded um so lastly, we also heard the Concord says that when looking at independent candidates also participating in the elections. Do you think it will work? Because in my view, it won't work. Because, for example, let's say that you need 80,000 votes to get one seat. If you get like 120,000, all the other votes will be discarded. If you die tomorrow in the independent, you will also be discarded. What's your view on independent candidates at the national level um, participating in the elections? My personal opinion is that it's not particularly a bad thing, quite frankly. Not everyone wants to be part of a political mm. party. People are passionate about politics, but not everyone wants to be part of a party. And I think that um, the our electoral processes and system should be able to cater to those type of individuals. Um, we've never had it in South Africa mm. before, so it would be interesting to see um, how well it works. But you'd have to be really popular uh, in order to get a seat in Parliament. And not everyone is able to sort of rise above um, that over any other political mm. party. So I'm quite keen to see what the outcome of that is, but I'm not, I'm not against the idea in and of itself. I think that it does, in fact, enhance democracy in many ways. Um, so I'm not against it. But do you think our system is ready for independent candidates? We've never had independence run before. So this upcoming election will be the first time uh, that is uh, possible. Um, so, yeah, we'd have to see how it goes. The youth vote. What, how will the DA ensure you get vote young people to go out and vote? Because I know I have to have my best to say, not a DA, but like a vote, go register yourself to vote, guys, please. To see the ANC because I love VK for ANC. What are you doing to so they go out to vote? So we're trying to register and out-register as many political parties as possible at the moment. And we do that through interacting with people face-to-face, um, community meetings, youth events, uh, which we often have within the Cape Metro. Um, we have what we call doing door-to-door, mm. knocking on people's door and actually engaging with them on issues and registering them to vote and all of those other things. Um, I think that the youth vote form a significant block of voters in the country who could potentially change the outcome of the poll this mm. year. And I don't think that the youth realise that, quite yeah. frankly. They don't realise the power that they hold. Uh, and a very interesting article 
uh, was released last year in June sometime. Obviously, the numbers are a bit different now because more people are registering to vote. But at the time in June when the article was released on News24, um, one of the researchers who uh, made a submission in that article said that in the last election, uh, the ANC, the current government, won with about 10 million people voting mm. for it. And there were 14 million young South Africans under the age of 35 who could have voted, they stayed at home. And I often, you know, go back to what people tell me when I'm engaging with them. They say things like, why should I vote? Mm. It doesn't make a difference. Mm. Why does my, why does it count? Nothing's going to happen. There's going to be no changes. Well, if you don't go out to vote and someone else is having that same mentality as you, then of course we're going to sit with the same government election after election after election. So I do think that there needs to be a massive mental shift mm. in our country, particularly amongst the young people, because we can in fact form a super influential block within South African politics. It's just a matter of young people actually going out to register to vote. So if we assume that those 14 million young people, who's, I'm sure the number has grown by now, um, if we assume that all of them vote for an opposition party that's not part of the ANC mm. um, and its appendages, other political parties who support them or will support them in a coalition this year, if we assume that they all vote for a different opposition party, I personally believe that South Africa could be on a different trajectory after the election. Mm. I must also add on that that I, I spoke to the IEC once and the guy told me that in one particular ward, one vote actually determined who the councillor will have been for that ward. Yes. Only one vote. And that's yes. how important one vote actually is. Yes. Have you ever heard of a municipality called Uumgeni? Mm. Yeah. What? That is the first Papas. DA-run municipality in KZN. I like that guy very much. And he became mayor because I think it was about 40-something votes in the entire mm. Umgeni municipality. Ensure the DA got one more seat in the council and that he became mayor. And that's why voting is so important. Guys, go out, yeah. participate, register yourself. I think I'm searching now the 2nd and the 3rd of February. 3rd um, and 4th. Uh, 30, okay, 13th, 4th of February, go out, register yourself to vote, and participate in the elections. It must happen with, uh, until I think the last day is the 31st of August for the NPE to occur. Um, constitutionally, it must happen that day. Um, the final question before I ask you to leave me, please. <laughs> um, what is the expectation of the DA going into the NPE? What, what's your expectation, but also what do you want to see beyond that? Are you preparing yourself to go and go all the ANC means out of um, the Pretoria? What's your expectation and views after this? Are you assuming if we, yeah. if the DA had to take over mm. the reins of the country? Um, well, I can only speak as myself, Tammy, as a young citizen in the country. I think that um, if the multi-party charter is successful and we are able to form a coalition and a partnership with other political parties in order to form a new majority government mm. in South Africa, uh, I personally would like to see a clean-up of all state departments. Mm. I want to see half of uh, the president's cabinet being chopped off 
because we do not need that many ministers and deputy ministers. It's costly. Mm. And many of them are useless anyway. Um, what we need to do is make sure that we are appointing competent officials within departments who are able to actually do the work. Mm. And that is from local government to provincial government to national government. Um, I think that would probably have to be the first two things that occur. But I also know that the DA has announced um, different steps that they would take when they do get into government. And next month we'll have our manifesto launch in Pretoria, uh, where the leader of the party will make further announcements on that. And I would encourage uh, your listeners uh, to tune into that because it's going to be a big announcement. Final question to you. Um, do you think that people see your leader, John Stenazen, as a reliable alternative as, or as a president of our country, does he actually can't vote to see him as a leader that they can count on? So he won at, at the DA's last Congress with an overwhelming majority of delegates and public representatives supportive of his leadership within the party. Uh, and obviously that is a massive vote of confidence mm. in terms of how he is perceived inside the party uh, and most likely the public generally. I think that there's no such thing as a perfect leader. So people are always going to criticize political party leaders, quite frankly. Um, and you're never going to be pleased with everyone. Mm. But I do think that compared to every other opposition party that there is right now, he is undoubtedly the best. Um, so... I know that he has my full confidence and I also know that people vote for political parties many times without even thinking about the leader of the party. They look at the manifesto, the ideology, does it align with me mm. and the type of South Africa I want to live in and that's it. Um, so I do think that John is undoubtedly one of the best uh, and he has a good track record in government um, and I think um, many people know him as um, one of the best chief whips in was. parliament as he well. Was, definitely. Um, so he's de definitely well known for that. But I know that he is my full support as leader of the party. Uh, and I personally hope that he will lead the multi-party charter um, after the election. Any ambitions for you to be a president of the country or the federal leader of the party in the no. future? <laughs> no. Any parting words from your side then? Any parting words? Um, thank you for having me today. I think that these type of conversations are very important, especially among the young people uh, within our local communities. I would encourage everyone who's listening to this right now to please uh, go to their local voting district in their community on the 3rd and 4th of February, where the IEC will station themselves for the entire weekend. Take your ID with you and make sure that you are either checking your voter registration or that you are registering to vote so that you can be on the voters' roll and determine where South Africa will go after the election this year because your vote matters. Damien Dexter-Jackson, thank you so much for coming today. To our viewers, listeners, thank you for watching. I will see you again next week, same time, same place on my side. God bless you all. Be safe. Bye-bye. Hey there, music lovers. Looking for a place to find all your music needs? Well... Look no further than Tom's, the heart of music. At our Tom's Heritage Square and Belleville stores, you can shop guitars, drums and percussion, studio and home recording equipment, pro audio and DJ equipment, pianos and keyboards. We're also the Western Cape's only authorised dealers of Gibson and Epiphone guitars. 
come visit us at 65 Clayton Crust Street, Heritage Square, Cape Town, or 92 Edward Street, Tiger Valley, Belleville, and let our friendly and knowledgeable staff help you find what you need. I know, say she's a people sit down one one. 